Hey, brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd like to welcome you all today as we gather in one heart, one mind, one accord to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and to be fed and nurtured by his spirit. Hallelujah. Today, I'd like to give all the glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we are what we are because of you. And we honor you and we glorify you. You're the head over this meeting. You're the head over our hearts. You're the, you're the head over everything that we have. And we'd like to glorify you today. We'd like to honor you for everything you've done, both seen and unseen. I pray for your spirit of grace to refresh our souls and to encourage us to move more and more into your kingdom, more and more into your truth more and more into the will of the Father. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that today we may understand it's not by might, nor by strength, but by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you're here, and I pray that you strengthen us in all the areas that need to be strengthened. We thank you, Lord and we honor you. I thank you that Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father draws them to me. I thank you, God our Father, for calling us through your Son to be your sons and daughters and to be seated with you in heavenly places. Today we honor you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. So I was sharing with someone yesterday. I was sharing with someone yesterday. Uh, I told them <laughs> about um, the hearing heart and how I've been preaching about the five principles of a hearing heart. I just like to go back just to rephrase. So a hearing heart, the word is samma. Samma in the Hebrew, it means a hearing or to hear your voice or a hearing heart. And it consists of five principles, a heart of obedience, a heart of discernment, a heart to walk carefully with the Lord, a heart to listen, and a heart to be content. I really believe um, this topic is so fruitful that it can complete you in Christ. Amen. It can really complete you in Christ. Every one of them has such a high volume um, in the way of the spirit, the way of the truth. So we can grow and we can be nourished in the Lord. So as you know, I preached a little bit about a heart of obedience and how it begins in the presence. That's the foundation of our first principle of obedience is a, is a, is a heart to be in his presence. I didn't speak too much about that. I've done maybe one session. But I'm on to now a heart of discernment. I preached last week about a heart of discernment. So fruitful. 
Um, and I'm going to continue in this area. And I really believe that you'll be so blessed um, from this teaching so we can grow. Hallelujah. So regarding, <laughs> regarding a heart of discernment, I was sharing with someone yesterday. Yeah. I said, you know the word of God? And they said, yeah. And I said, you know, the word of God was given, was given for the people that are babes that are on the spiritual milk. And he said, what do you mean by that? And I said, you know, the word of God was, was given to those who are just beginning their journey, as in for the infants or the newborn babes or the babes. And he said, uh, what do you mean by this? And I said, the word of God was given to build a structure of who God is. Given a structure. And he said, can you please elaborate a bit more? And I said, when the voice comes, you have to rely on the Holy Spirit. And I said, I, sh I shared with him those testimonies and a few others. And I said, you're not going to read in the word of God. Go and tell this person this, this, this. You're not going to read in the word of God. Go build a shelter in your backyard and start your Bible studies. And I'll come out of the clouds and I'll show you my face. You're not going to read about that. That's something that you hear from God. And he said, okay, I understand now. And I said, so the word of God is to get you started to understand God's character, God's attributes, to understand his commands, to understand what he loves, to understand what he hates. And he said, yeah, I understand. And, and we began to preach in this way. And I said to him, you know, so many people, they try to do the will of God by something they read. Imagine you read the word of God and you just got saved. And you said, okay, I'm going to go and cast out demons now. Or I'm going to go and start to lay hands on the sick. Or I'm going to build a place and start to preach the gospel. And I said, that's religion today. And I said, there's an order in God's word. And when you understand the order, you can begin to really understand the structure of God. And I said, now I rely on a voice. Does that mean I do not read the word of God? No, it's, it's a fine balance. But now, as I'm led by the Holy Spirit, especially out in the field, I'm relying purely on him because I don't know what people are going through. I don't know what God wants to say to the people. And I said, this, the word of God, especially when you're operating in the kingdom, can take you so far. And I said, the structure of God's word is to establish you. The Holy Spirit's not going to come to you every day and tell you to pray. That's something that's written in the word of God. The Holy Spirit's not going to come to you every single week and tell you to fast. 
That's what's written in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit's not going to come to you every week and say, you need to give money to the poor. That's written in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit's not going to come to you every day and tell you to stop sinning. That's written in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit's not going to come to you every day and tell you stop serving the world. That's written in the Word of God. So the Word of God, it takes you so far, and you know what happens after that? The Holy Spirit takes over. When you have been obedient in the Logos, in the Word of God, then the Rhema will begin to follow. So let me put it this way. If you're struggling to obey the natural Logos, the black and white printed Word of God, you will in no way be led by the Spirit. And this is something that I experienced. Yes, God is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Yes, we know this. But I'm teaching you God's structure. To be led by the Holy Spirit, every believer must be led by the Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not only for a pastor or an apostle or a prophet or a teacher to only be led by the Holy Spirit. Every believer must be led by the Holy Spirit. So when I explained this to him, he started to think so deeply. I've always tried to find out who God is in the Word of God. I've always tried for God to speak to me through the Word of God. God does this, don't get me wrong. But when you're led by the Holy Spirit, it's different. It's so different. So let's go to Proverbs. We go to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. I want to, I want to, I want to explain to you. This is a, it's an amazing teaching actually. So sorry. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 15 in the New International Version. So, so, put it, so put it this way. Imagine you're saying, uh, Holy Spirit, uh, guide me. And, and you don't even pray every day. Imagine you say, uh, Holy Spirit, uh, it teach me. And your word of God stays closed every day. Imagine you say, God, show me what you've planned for me. And you're not seeking his face in his presence every day. Believe me, if you cannot obey the natural word of God, by no means will you be led by the Spirit. So remember, this topic is a heart of discernment. Something so important today that may shock you you're going to have a heart of discernment to understand why you're reading the Bible. 
wouldn't you like to know this? A heart of discernment, why you're reading the Bible. Let's go to Proverbs 18.15. It says, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. For the ears of the wise seek it out. So here, he's saying that a, a person who has a discerning heart goes after knowledge. Yes, are you with me, everyone? The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. For the ears of the wise, they seek it out. So we are called to go after knowledge. And, and what is knowledge? The word of God. That's what we are called to go after. So you begin to see now, okay, God speaking about uh, to have a heart of discernment is to read the Bible, right? So how are you supposed to read the Bible? What are you looking for? Especially for a beginner. What structure is God trying to build? What is he trying to build in your life? Well, how you read the Bible will change when you know and understand what the Holy Spirit wants to focus on. And I really believe why so many people don't mature or they don't hear from God is because of this. I really believe you, you neglect this principle. You, you can't move on to the, to, the, to the places where you're led by the Holy Spirit. So let me explain. So for a believer who is beginning to read the word of God, and to acquire a heart of discernment. A discernment against what? Let's read it. It's from 1 Peter chapter 2. And I'm going to read um, all the way through. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, and I'm going to read all the way through. I want to explain to you why the word of the word of God was given, especially for a believer who's just beginning. I really believe that you you get the foundation right, everything will go well from that place. So let's read it. So first Peter. Chapter 2, verse 1. This is from the New King James Version. It says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy and envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word. Now look what he's saying here. The first encounter you have with the Word of God is to lay aside malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, evil speaking. 
as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you tasted the Lord is gracious. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So look what it says here, that the first encounter you have with the word of God is the beginning where God begins to establish your spiritual house. Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builder rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word. to which they were also appointed. What's the first step that you were appointed to? To be obedient to the Logos word. The natural word. To what? To lay aside all evil. I don't believe myself that a person can lay evil or lay aside all evil and not hear from God. It's impossible. As you begin to cleanse yourself, God begins to enlighten you. I find it hard to believe for a person to be stuck and he has resisted the devil, resisted the flesh, resisted sin. I find it hard to believe that anyone who's walking in the light is not hearing from God. So the first, the first word you are appointed to is to destroy the works of the devil, destroy the works of the flesh, destroy everything that's outside of truth. See, when you begin to read the word of God in this way, you begin to shine the word on the heart not shine the word for the world, you shine the word on your heart. Remember Hebrews, the word of God is a double-edged sword. It penetrates soul and spirit. Remember the word, the first word that you are to hear is to shine on your heart. The greatest danger is that when you believe especially when you first get saved, so many people, they go before their time. 
I need to tell everyone about Jesus, you will believe me. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. But believe me, when you work in the order of God, when you work on the principles of God, guess what happens? Every step, you're safe, you're protected. Every step, you're maturing. You're growing. You don't get stuck. The worst place I really believe is for you to be stuck in the flesh. Frustrated, not moving anywhere. Is this meant to happen? No. When you read the word of God, there are so many blessings and warnings that protects us from entering this place. So look what it says here. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah to Jesus. So you begin to see here, am I, am I cooperating with the structure of God or am I moving before my time? You begin to ask yourself this question. Did I immediately come in this place it's a it's a it's a progression as I cooperate with the structure of God the Holy Spirit begins to take me further so here it's showing us a heart of discernment I really believe our prayer life and how we read the word of God, they're the two most important things. Can we agree? Our prayer, our prayer life and how we feed on the word of God are the two most important, precious things for our walk. We agree with that? Yes? So the two major components of a Christian walk is prayer and the word of God. This is something that the foundational principles So here it shows us that they stumbled because of disobedience. Meaning they couldn't be his own people. They couldn't be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Why? Because they didn't complete the first task. Remember? Those who, those who cleanse themselves in the latter days will be used as instruments of God. You must know what you're cleansing yourself from. You must know that you are to die to the right things. Not to the wrong things. 
Imagine I'm fasting and I'm praying and I'm subjecting my flesh to the spirit and I'm still feeding on pride. I'm still feeding on ego. I'm still feeding on flesh and sin. You begin to see that I'm doing things religiously. I'm still walking in hypocrisy. I'm still walking in envy, anger, gossip, slander. We are called to die to the wrong, to the right things. This is the first principle of how you can have a discerning heart to understand. I have to read the word of God to read my heart. It's interesting. It says here as newborn babes, it's like the first principle. The moment you become born from above, this is the area you call to focus. Right? The moment you become born from above, this is the area you are called to focus on. And that in itself is a journey in itself. This is not an overnight walk in this area. Believe me, I speak from experience. Imagine God was to expose what is, what is exposing in me now. I wouldn't be able to handle it. So God's way is the best way. But to cooperate with him is the most important. So a question uh, I ask you is here. Are you cooperating with the structure of God? The moment you become born from above, remember, I'm establishing you on good grounds. This is good grounds. This, this um, study in itself holds a lot of keys of why you're not hearing from God. Why the voice is not coming. Today I'm going to speak about the greatest sin in the Bible for Christians. It's hardly spoken about, but I, I like to speak about it. So let's go to the, to the second step. To the second step. Now this is interesting. Um, this is interesting because Paul takes him back to the first step. Paul is taking him back to the first step. He says, you need to go back to the first step of newborn babes because you haven't understood why you're reading the word of God. Now, it's, 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 it's comforting because this, what they went through in the Bible, many people are still going through it today. It's a comfort that we can overcome, but we have to be so sound and so spiritually sound so that we can walk carefully with the Lord, especially with the heart of discernment. 
So let's go to it. It's from Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 14. Now remember I quoted the book of Revelation about that the works, the works of God, um, their works weren't finished unto their God, and God saw issues with their character. God saw issues with their heart, remember, to the dead church. I'd just like to go back just to show you where God was focusing on again. Just, uh, bear with me, please. Now, this is from Revelations um, chapter 3 verse 1 to 6. I really believe this teaching goes hand in hand with it. And it's from Revelations chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. It says here, to the angel, divine messenger of the church in Sardis write, these are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds, you have a name, reputation. So this is from the Amplified Version. Whoever wants to follow me here. Sorry for the delay. I know your deeds. You have a name, reputation, that you are alive, but in reality, you are dead. Wake up and strengthen and reaffirm what remains of your faithful commitment to me, which is about to die, for I have not found any of your deeds completed in the sight of my God or meeting his requirements. So remember and take to heart the lesson you have received and heard. Keep and obey and repent. Change your sinful way of thinking and demonstrate your repentance with new behavior that proves a conscious decision to turn away from sin. Now, now this is this is in the end time. Jesus is speaking about a, a particular church that I pray by God's grace we don't fall into this category. But unfortunately, there's going to be believers in this category. Now, can I say something to you? He didn't say you didn't you, you didn't win more souls. He didn't say you didn't cast out more devils. He didn't say you didn't lay hands on more sick. He said the issue is your heart. He said the issue is that what, what I really died for hasn't been complete inside of you. He, he died to destroy the works of the devil inside your heart. You must know what he died for. Remember? The grace of God has appeared. It teaches us to deny all ungodliness. The grace that appeared is Jesus. And Jesus teaches us to deny all ungodliness. Now let's focus on the most important area. Is our character. Our way of thinking. Are we walking in grace conscience or in sin conscience? Now, it's interesting. 
He didn't say you didn't win more souls or you didn't cast out more devils or you didn't lay hands on more sick. He said the issue that's not complete in me is your heart's not changed. You didn't come to me to get washed. Remember, we can enter the throne of grace to receive mercy in time of need by the sprinkling of the blood. And that's not a one-off thing. That's a continuous, as you go and wash, as you go and sit in his presence, he continually washes you from unrighteousness, washes you from walking in the flesh, washes you from continuously uh, uh, from the things that are appearing. The Bible says, if anyone has not sinned, he's a liar and the truth is not in him. So we are going to come to him to confess and to continuously get washed. Meaning it's multi-layered. Are you understanding? So Jesus died, Jesus died to present you holy. And I established from last week that God doesn't judge the moment you believed in him. He judges towards the end. Remember here it says, it didn't say the moment they believed. He said, I haven't seen your works complete. Meaning he judged them according to the end of their journey. Now listen carefully. It's important that you know this. Look what it says here, wake up and strengthen and reaffirm what remains of your faithful commitment to me, which is about to die, for I have not found any of your deeds completed. What is Jesus want to complete in you? To be a holy vessel. So his presence was designed to enter the place daily to be washed and cleansed. That's a process. So look what it says here. So remember and take to heart the lesson you have received and heard. Keep and obey them and repent. Change your sinful way of thinking and demonstrate your repentance with a new behavior that proves a conscious decision to turn away from sin. And believe me, this is a daily thing. So I just wanted to show you what Jesus focuses on when he's coming to judge the different churches in the book of Revelation. I believe every church needs to hear this, but let's apply it to our hearts. So that's the natural word of God. So I spoke about last week about the fine linen of the saints, and it's interesting because the more you wash it in the blood, the more the light shines through it. Meaning the more they sat in the presence, the more they became like the master. 
So the presence was designed to mold you in this area. And I established that, but I just want just wanted to show you how God interacted with one of the churches towards the end of Judgment Day. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 14. So you begin to see the most important area in your journey is the sanctification process. The sanctification of the Holy Spirit. It's not your decision to follow the Lord. That's just the beginning. The sanctification work of the Holy Spirit is crucial in every person's journey. Okay. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to, 7 to 14. It's the New King James Version again. It says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Now, now you see the title that they gave him here, the son. And you really see one character of Christ. One character that we are meant to carry. Remember, we are to walk as Jesus walked. We can do this because of the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. Godly fear. One of the characters of Jesus Christ was godly fear. Though he was a son, remember, sonship, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principle of the oracles of God. And you have come to need of milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. The word unskilled is ignorant in the, in the, in the Strong's Concordance. For he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now you begin to see here, it's like Paul was taking them back to the first principle as newborn babes. You need to focus on this area. I can't give you any more.
So it's interesting here. You begin to see the difference. Then I'll keep going, but I just want to open your eyes to this. Now you see, you see a babe. You see the difference between a babe or a newborn and a babe compared to a son or sonship. The Romans speaks about that a lot. So the first, the first area that 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 keeps you as a babe, the first principle is he refuses discipline. God. Remember, God disciplines those he loves. So for a person, unfortunately, not to be led by the Holy Spirit, he is refusing, refusing to be disciplined in the natural word of God. So for a person who's not established in prayer, etc., praying in the Spirit, fasting, obeying the word, to refuse sin, keep away from the flesh, not to walk carnally minded, not to be in the world, not serving mammon and money, you begin to see. So for a babe, unfortunately, for a person who's remaining as a babe, he is refusing to be disciplined. A son accepts discipline. And what was that principle? Godly fear. A son is established in godly fear. Now the second, the second principle for a babe lacks the fear of God. James addresses it that he lacks wisdom. If anyone is lacking wisdom, let him ask God, he gives without fault finding and measure. The the principle of a son, he has the fear of God. Remember, what does the fear of God produce? Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. The fear of the Lord is to hate pride, evil speech and arrogance. You start to see. The third principle of a babe is he cannot discern good and evil. Remember, the word was given. Look, the word was given, but solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those by, uh, who by reason have, used, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Meaning they're lacking discernment. Look here, exercise to discern good and evil. So here it shows you that a babe cannot discern good and evil. The son can discern good and evil. The fourth principle for a babe is unable to teach. The principle for a son, he can teach. And you begin to see, what am I called to teach first? To die to the things of the world. To die to sin. Die. 
to the walk of the flesh. Peter says we're sojourners in this world, pilgrims, as in we're just crossing, we're walking through this world. So many people, unfortunately, have made residence in this world. They found their comfort in this world. Their assurance are in this world. In their money, in their bank accounts, in their houses, in their jobs. Okay. So the babe, the fifth principle, is unskilled in righteousness, meaning he's not walking righteously before God by the way he demonstrates his life on earth. The son is skilled in righteousness. The babe, the sixth principle, he is unstable in the word, meaning he's continuously backsliding or being disobedient to the natural word of God. And, and I like to say something, you don't have to stay in this place, but I'm giving you a picture that if you can't obey the natural word of God, then you will struggle to be led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the son, he is stable in the word. Now, this is, a, this is probably the biggest one out of all of them. This is the whole reason why I actually done this little teaching regarding what I'm showing you now about a difference between a, a newborn babe and a babe to a son. A babe or a newborn cannot be led by the Holy Spirit. A son can be led by the Holy Spirit. Remember what Romans 8 tells you? The sons are those who are led by the Spirit of God. Why? It speaks of maturity. But you begin to see, am I operating in the right direction? Am I reading the Word of God? to address my heart. In the beginning, this is crucial. I see some people quoting the book of Revelation in the beginning of their journey, trying to warn everyone about you know, what the Bible says. Your duty is to be conformed in heart. It's true. Now, this is the next key here. It says here, for a babe, he needs to build a structure of the word. And as son, he begins to operate in the kingdom. What's to operate in the kingdom? You become a vessel for God. You preach about repentance. You preach about baptism. You, pre you preach about the doctrines of faith. You begin to be led by the Holy Spirit to operate in the way of the Spirit. For the person in a babe, 
he cannot operate in the kingdom. So the babe, he's still needing of the word to lay aside all evil. The word is still needed to lay aside all evil. And for a son, he's disciplined himself to operate in a repentant home. I just wanted to show you the difference. I didn't want to speak too much about that, but I just want to explain to you. For a person who remains in a babe, there's a reason for that, and it has to be addressed. Okay. So let's let, let me rephrase it for you. A babe is led by the word. A son is led by the spirit. I rephrase that for you. Babe is led by the word, the logos. The son is led by the spirit. And we all begin in the logos in the natural word of God, to build a natural structure, structure to understand God's character and God's attributes, God's commands, God's precepts. We begin to first be established in this place. And this is a process in itself. As you read the word of God, remember in Proverbs, what it said in Proverbs, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge for the ease of the wise seek it out. Fill yourself up with more and more knowledge for your heart to be done away with the things of the world, sin, fleshly desires, the lust of the world, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, mammon and so many other things you begin to see is my structure built on a good foundation and look what it said here for though by this time you ought to be teachers what is the teacher of christ he teaches you the first principle to die to the flesh die to the world whenever you hear someone teaching outside of these principles, it's not from God. Because Jesus died to destroy the works of the devil. You must know he died for you to be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son that he loves. You were transferred not only by spirit, but by character. So a babe is led by the word. He, struck, he will not hear the Holy Spirit until your foundation is in the natural word of God. Then the Holy Spirit will begin to begin to guide you. Okay. So, next one. 
Uh, let's go here um, to Psalms 119. I'm going to quote two more scriptures. Uh, yeah, there'll be three more scriptures. Just to give you an understanding why the word of why the word of God was giving in the beginning. So someone who's just got saved um, that's listening, or someone that's beginning to, you know, um, understand the word of God, a heart of discernment is so important. You know why? It teaches you how to grow in the natural word of God. Imagine you're focusing on the wrong area. Hmm? Imagine you're trying to be forcing the Holy Spirit to work through your life. It's not like this. God doesn't force himself upon you. He invites you to participate with him. You're never forced into something. It gets there when you have trained yourself, you've exercised yourself to discern both good and evil. It's training. Can you see now? Can you see how important it is for the Word of God to transform you, pers- you first? I think, you know, pride has rocked the Christian church. Pride. You know, you can be someone and you can do whatever you want. and Yeah. It's all fleshly. I'll be honest, like, I do hear from God. And when I hear people talk sometimes, so much of the flesh is mixed. Let's go to Psalms 119, verse 9 to 16. This is from the Amplified Version. I want you to understand in the beginning why you're reading the Word of God. When I understood this many years ago, I can't tell you how I had a lot to work on in the sense of my character, in the sense of my heart, in the sense of my mind. I had so many things to work on. I was so busy on God's word for my own life. I was so busy in the presence of God addressing the things in my heart to God. And believe me, I'm still going through this. For a person not to focus in this area, well, I'm just showing you from the word of God. A heart of discernment teaches you to read the word of God so you can read your heart. I know so much about my flaws, my weaknesses, my struggles, the doors that I'm working on, the area that I'm working on. Why? Because I've applied the word to my heart. Believe me, you'll be uncomfortable in this place, but it's the only place where you see God's hand addressing the deep-rooted things. And it's multi-layered. I told you, when I came to Christ, the, the, the honeymoon ended. 
<laughs> the honeymoon ended. Discipline, you know, it doesn't seem pleasant at the time, but it produces a seed of righteousness. You live like the Lord Jesus. But it's, it's the best place you can be because never again will you go down that avenue again. You'll be free from it because whatever God addresses, he heals and restores. He never brings something into the light to destroy you. He only brings things into the light so he can come and put his hand on this area. You need to know this. Everything comes evident by the light. So when the light does express, or sorry, when the light does expose something inside of you, it's because the light has come. We understanding? Okay. So let's read it here. Psalms 119, verse 9 to 16. How can a young man, now look, he's addressing a person who's just beginning their journey. Yes? How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping a watch. Remember? I preached last week about watch, watching. Can you see now? A heart of discernment derives with a spirit that watches. Watches what? Heart. Or that way, heart. Watches your heart. Look here. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping watch on himself according to your word. You see? They all speak in the same language. The first encounter you have with the word is to watch your heart. According, look what it says here. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping a watch on himself according to your word. Remember how all, the, all through the scripture it says pray and watch. Remember? Pray and watch. Revelation says they stopped watching. That way they began to fall, fall into many areas of backsliding like I spoke about last week. Remember what I spoke about last week? Can anyone remember them? The three principles, backsliding and spiritual what? The three principles that I spoke about last week. Remember backsliding, spiritual, spiritual. Come on. Backsliding, and there was one that was the partner of it, spiritual. Okay, just go back. Yeah, spiritual death, that's good. There was another one, spiritual what? Okay. Uh, I can't see it. That's good, spiritual immaturity. That's good. 
to the three principles of a person who's lacking spiritually or is lacking a heart of discernment. So let's, let's have a look at this. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to your precepts. With all my heart, I have sought you, inquiring of you and longing for you. Do not let me wander from your commands, neither through ignorance nor by willful disobedience. This version here, how they've, you know, you know, define this is, is beautiful. This is from the Amplified Version. Do not let me wander from your commands, neither through ignorance nor by willful disobedience. Blessed and reverently praised are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all of your ordinance of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and thoughtfully regard your way, the path of life established by your precepts. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So look what it says here. His, the word was used for him not to walk in ignorance, nor to walk in willful disobedience. Neither to sin against God. So you begin to see here, the word that you first receive is to close the door for sin. Disobedience, ignorance, the willful sin. Let's go to Second Timothy. Now, this is more of a teaching. So many people tell me, how do I read the word of God? Where do I start? So many people ask me. I think in the last two weeks, probably 50 people have asked me, how do I read the word of God? You know, the Holy Spirit taught me how to read the Word of God. And it's so clear right in front of your eyes when you see it. I read the Word of God to love God. To love Him. To offer my body as a living sacrifice unto Him. Holy and acceptable unto Him. That is your right and true and proper worship. Can you see? What a great deception that when you first get saved, you're called to change the world. You have to be changed first. And I know that when you first get saved, you're super excited. There's a fire burning through you. We know this. But let's be established on the right foundation. How I got established is the same way that I'm going to teach you. 
there is nothing greater than experience. There is nothing greater than to experience God. It, out, it outweighs what you read. To experience him is greater. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. Now, this is why in the beginning, why the word was given. This is from the Amplified Version. Now, it's interesting when you read it slowly and you understand the structure of God. Let's have a look. Now, this is for every believer. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin. Now, you see the encounter of God's word. You begin to see it now? The first encounter that you have with the word of God? You begin to see it. Conviction and sin. Now look at the next step. For correction of error and restoration to obedience. That's amazing. For correction of error that leads to restoration. God addresses your error, naturally you're restored. Naturally, you're put in an area of obedience. Now, can I read this again? Because it's, 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 it's right there in front of us. It's so powerful. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin. Number one, conviction of sin. Number two, for correction of error and restoration to obedience. Number three, training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. Number four, so that the man of God may be complete, complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see the word of God, how you are to read the word of God. You begin to see how crucial the structure of the foundation in your heart. How many believers today are so loose, loose in the understanding of the word. They go to one scripture, they quote one scripture, and that's the, that's the lesson for today. Believe me, I eat the word of God to, to better myself to understand how I can cooperate with him. Every day, 
it's like this. And believe me, more keeps coming. Such a momentum keeps coming. The worst thing is when you spiritually stop. When there's no more fruits, there's no more growth, and you're in a place where you're stuck. It's like you're hooked. You're hooked in an area where you cannot move. It hurts. And I pray by God's grace that no one enters this place. You begin to see the natural structure of the Word of God. It's meant to deal with the areas of my heart, to remove, to bring correction, to expose my error, error of thinking, error of behavior, error of my character, error of my heart, error of my life. And then naturally, I've entered a place of restoration. Can you see it? It's beautiful. So many people want guidance. Here it is. You want a good word? This is the word that will establish you to eternity. Okay. okay, let's go to the next one. Why the word of God, the natural word of God was given. So let me, let me put it this way for you. Before you think about being led by the spirit to operate in the kingdom, this principle has to be founded inside of your life. Doesn't matter how long you've been in the Lord, whether a short or a long time, it's important that this foundation is operating in your life. When the Spirit of God speaks, it's no more I think or I feel. It's He, said, he spoke. When God speaks to me, it's clear. And not to condemn anyone here. I'm telling you the truth. It's not an assumption, it's not a thought, it's not a feeling. When God speaks, you know it's God. He's not an author of confusion. He's not. Don't second guess when God speaks to you. I think the, the Western church today, it's way off. And God put me here on earth in this time by his grace, giving me everything only by his grace to prepare his bride and his church. And each one of us must do this carefully. Each one of us, how we build. But I'll tell you something, when we go back to church, physically, so many things are gonna change. And I'm gonna share everything that God told me. And what he told me, um, it will shock you but it's to prepare us what he's called us for. And can I say this? The call of God is not for the faint-hearted. 
a bit of God, a bit in this world, and a bit of, you know, everything. It's not for the faint-hearted. You must know who you are. You must know why Jesus died. You must know what he called you for. When you have clarity in your journey, then you can know what you're working towards. You can know what you're working towards. And believe me, God will meet you where you are. I can assure you this. But as long as you have a principle, foundational principles of where you're going. I tell Christians today, uh, what do you know about the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus died for me on the cross. My that's for salvation. That's when you go to heaven. What about now? So many people are lost in this area, not to speak down or to condemn anyone, but it's actually the truth. Jesus died on the cross for me. Jesus loves me. We know this, but that's when you die. Salvation is truly uh, manifests when you die. What about now? Okay. So this is the second teaching about a heart of discernment. The Holy Spirit didn't let me um, to progress to the next one, which is a heart to walk carefully with the Lord. He wanted me to stay in this area. And how beautiful it is um, to teach in this way. I thank God that I'm, that I'm allowed to actually preach like this because I've been longing uh, for me to operate in this way to teach you how to read the Word of God. I've been longing for it. Because I believe after this, you'll, you'll be so busy. Asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, you search my heart. And you see if there's any offensive way in it. And lead me into the place of everlasting. You will ask the one who can actually search you. Why? Because you know it's his will to focus on this area. You will know it's his will. It's the first encounter you have with the Holy Spirit through the word of God. So let's go to James chapter 1. Verse 18 to 25. This is a powerful scripture. James chapter 1, verse 18 to 25 in the Amplified Version again. Okay, let's read it. <clears throat> it was of his own will that he gave us birth as his children by the word of truth. Now he's, he's telling us here how we are birthed. It was of his own will that he gave us birth as his children by the word of truth, meaning the first area that you will encounter God is from the natural word of God. The Logos word. That's the first area you're going to begin to know who God is through our Lord Jesus Christ. You begin to understand his character, his attributes, his commands, um, what is good, what is evil, etc. 
the first encounter. Remember? For your heart. Okay. That's good. <coughs> so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a prime example of what he created to be, set apart to himself, sanctified, made holy for his divine purpose. Now, remember I told you how important sanctification is? <coughs> so when you're set apart, you're sanctified by God. And then <coughs> you're made holy that prepares you for his divine purpose. Now let's, let's go again. Understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let everyone be quick to hear, be a careful, thoughtful listener. Can I ask you something? Why does he say be a careful, thoughtful listener? <laughs> why, why would he say that? Um, for the people that are on Zoom or Facebook, why do you think he says be a careful and thoughtful listener? So let's see where, where people's hearts are. <clears throat> to hear him, amen. <laughs> it's amazing. Because listening shows humility. Speaking uh, shows pride. Yes, that's good. Anyone else? I hope everyone's still awake on Zoom. Okay. So he says here, uh, faith comes from hearing. Amen. So it says here, be a careful, thoughtful listener. You know why? As you read the word of God, have a heart to hear what you're actually reading. Have a heart to hear, to actually discern if that is your heart. That makes sense. Be a careful, thoughtful listener, as in hear the word in your heart. As in address it to your heart. If you fit that category or you do not, and be so careful in this area. Okay, let me keep going. <clears throat> Slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words, and slow to anger, patient, reflecting, oh, sorry, ref reflective, and forgiving. Now look at that here. It says patient, reflective. Why are you angry? Why do you have anger in your heart? Why are you angry? If Jesus is inside of you, and his love is overflowing inside of you, then why are you bothered? What's making you angry inside? See, when you be patient, you won't fight the people. You will look inside your heart. Why am I bothered? What am I lacking inside of my heart? Why am I frustrated? You begin to see a person who is reflective can look. What am I feeling? If Jesus says to pray for those who hurt you, 
Why are you angry? If Jesus said you're going to get persecuted, why are you angry? If Jesus said, uh, sorry, in the book of Proverbs, it says, um, I really believe this is the greatest quote for your heart to be bulletproof in the Holy Spirit. It says it's, the, it's, it's, for some, it's for a person's wisdom to overlook an offense. Meaning the true wisdom of God is to overlook an offense. That if someone has hurt you inside the body or outside the body, wisdom tells you to let it go. Pride tells you, I need, I need to do something about it. Wisdom tells you to overlook an offense. Meaning you're protected from resentment, bitterness, evil speaking, gossiping, slander, hurt. I really believe the greatest love is that quote there in Proverbs. It allows your heart to be bulletproof. That someone hurt me, I'm just going to overlook it. I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to continue to walk uncontaminated from an evil heart, anger, resentment, evil, etc. So when you're a person who's always reflective, you're actually hearing your heart because there can be anger in your heart that God's trying to surface. So he lets the situation make you angry. The issue is not the person. The issue is your heart. Remember? Tribulation produces character. Everything that God allows to come, whether it is from the enemy or if it is from God, there is character building. So I learned to always look inside my heart. And how do you do that? When you're always reflective. And then it says here, forgiving. The Holy Spirit is not going to keep coming to you every day and saying you need to forgive your brother and sister. The Bible really tells you to forgive. Okay. <clears throat> look what it says here. For the resent. For the resentful, deep-seated anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God, that standard of behavior which he requires from us. Okay. So get rid of all uncleanness and all that remains of wickedness. And with a humble spirit, receive the word which is implanted actually rooted in your heart, which is able to save your soul. No, interesting. So you as a believer, from the moment you get saved to the moment you're going to see Jesus Christ, what's the most important process in your journey? Have a think about that. I'll answer it for you. The most important process in, in your journey is not when you get saved, it's not when you get judged, it's while you're living. Because while you're living, 
the Bible says it is the wisdom in the wisdom of God, teach us to number our days. Meaning in the wisdom of God, while wisdom is inside of you through the Holy Spirit, you have the right to cooperate with him, to get rid of all feels, all evil, all disobedience, all unbelief, everything that's outside the will of God, everything that is not of faith is sin. Not the moment you get saved, not the moment you get judged, now, now is the most important. Right now. Because right now, you have the choice to let the Holy Spirit continuously work. As the Word of God says here. You begin to see now. Not when you get saved. Not, sorry, not when you confess Jesus as your Savior is the most important. Not when you're judged is the most important. They're, they're, they're the two most important uh, days of a person's life, yes. But the most important process of God is how you prepare. Can you see how it says here? Can you see how he's, he's speaking of this? Look what it says. So get rid of all uncleanness and all that remains of wickedness and with a humble spirit receive the word of God which is implanted, actually rooted in your heart which is able to save your soul. So what would you be doing now as a believer? I will be establishing the word of God, rooting it in my heart, founding it in my heart so I can be done away with uncleanness and everything that remains evil. And what stops you? Paul spoke about it. You've become dull of hearing. Now, I'm not going to preach about that because um, <laughs> this is too much for today. I'm not going to preach what, what does it mean to operate as a person who's operating dull of hearing. But I'm telling you that's one way. It's one way that keeps you from maturing. So let me keep going, please. But prove yourself, doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts. You begin to see the picture in that obedience is greater than sacrifice. You begin to understand now that obedience is the greatest principle. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience to what? Dealing in this area. Okay. But prove yourself doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts, and not merely listeners. He who hears the word but fail to in internalize its meaning, deluding yourself by the unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. For if, for if only, for if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, he is like a man who looks very carefully at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what he looked like. 
But he who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and faithfully abides by it, not having become a careless listener, who forgot, who forgets but in an active doer, who obeys, he will be blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life of obedience. Isn't that amazing? So another scripture you can read um, regarding the word of God, why it was given. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 16. That's from the Amplified Version for anyone who wants to continue reading. I'm going to stop here. I am going to stop here. I feel like I've spoke a lot. And something now, something now to listen why the word of God was given. Now you have a platform. Now you have an understanding. Okay. Am I building the right structure? It's interesting. And for every believer here that wants to become a follower of Christ, you must know that this is one of the greatest principles and foundations that you can build. What hurts me the most is when I sit with believers and they say, no, like this, I'm good. I said, well, we're not understanding where the Holy Spirit wants to work. And believe me, I couldn't see what was inside of me until I spent time in the presence. I couldn't see because it's the spirit that reveals it. But I've got so much of the word inside of me to speak to my heart and to expose my heart. And this area was crucial because it's what leads you to hear or have a hearing heart by the Holy Spirit. So the first encounter you have with the word of God is to deal with sin, is to deal with wickedness evil behavior, etc. And you begin to understand now. A heart of discernment is to look at my own heart. To use the word of God to look at my own heart. What's inside my heart? Lord Jesus, reveal what's inside of me. I want to know you more. And in and, and while you're in his presence, Spend time in the Word. Spend time hearing your heart. The greatest way you can know where you are is to hear your own heart. So important um, that every person understands this, that a heart of discernment is... A heart of discernment is to acquire knowledge. Knowledge for what? To be done away with sin and evil and all the things in the world. Character, evil behavior, and so on. So you begin to see now, am I building the right structure? Or am I over-spiritualizing things? Or am I trying to be someone I'm not? 
am I operating in the right foundation so I can be built up to go to the next spiritual dimension and that's hearing his voice. And the Holy Spirit keeps taking me to this place. Remember when I was doing the seven steps of um, spiritual believer, he stopped me on the third step and he said, I can't go any more further. You know, you know how much, how great the teaching was after that. He stopped me, he said, no, I was ready like to, like to burst because the teaching was like such meat and the Holy Spirit said, stop. And he said, you'll choke the people. You'll choke them. And I had to stop. And that's not to speak down on anyone. Please understand my heart. I'm here to actually protect you. I hope you know this. I don't just get get up here to share a word. I'm getting direction from the Holy Spirit. And I can't tell you how important this is. So a heart of discernment is to get so much knowledge to address their heart to deal with everything that I said today. So bless you all. I really believe that this is such a foundational teaching to establish you in the right direction. So bless you all. Love you all in the Lord Jesus. And my heart is to help you. My heart is to see you grow. Believe me, it's not about me. This is not about me. It's about you now. And I'm here to comfort you, but most of all, in the truth. The Holy Spirit's attracted to the word, remember? Remember? The flesh profits nothing, John 6, 63. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, they are the spirit and they are the life. What attracts the Holy Spirit when you get the Logos word right? Can you see now? Don't move outside of this place. Work in this foundation. It's a process. And the more you spend time in God's word, the more you spend time in prayer, believe me, things start to connect so quickly. So thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we are on a spiritual journey, and we are a family. For me, I, I don't want to build friends. We are a family. There's no such thing as friends. We are a family in Christ. And this is how God wants us to operate in the body, in the church. We have to be inseparable. We have to remain together. I'll tell you something, don't use any person to get what you need and go. God doesn't honor this. Love each other for who we are in Christ. Amen. So whatever wisdom God's given me is to build. It's to look at the interests of others. It's not to build a platform for myself. So there's going to be so much change when we get back, but it's going to be a structure that's ordained by the Holy Spirit. And when you understand what you were called for, you'll begin to work 
to that place, you begin to have a vision to know what you're working towards. It always talks about building, building, building. You've got to understand there is there's a building that God wants to complete. And this is what we are working towards. Complete your building. So, so Jesus and the Father can come and go inside. I stand at the door and I knock. Open, so mean the Father can come and dine inside of you. Hallelujah. So bless you all and get ready for an amazing journey. Remember, whatever you feel, whatever you think, it's not the truth. It's only what God says. And you need to know this. We are not dictated by emotions or feelings or a thought process. We are dictated only by the truth. At the emotions, the feelings, the thought pattern has to adjust to the truth. When you do this, you will not be swayed anymore. You're not. I shared with someone last week that Satan only attacks you in what you can see. You can see emotionally you've been unstable, mentally being unstable. He only attacks you with what you see. But we don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. We walk by what God says. Satan always allows you to look at a situation by what you can see. And he allows you to accept what you can see. If you can accept what you can see, then you're walking in the eyes of the enemy. It's true. So when you walk in what you can see physically, a mental sickness, it's real. It's, 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 it's physically real. Spiritually, it's not. It's an illusion. So Satan creates an illusion of what is naturally manifesting. It's not spiritually. We are spiritually governed by the word only. You have to know this. Satan allows you to see yourself defeated. <laughs> Satan allows you to see yourself failed. Satan allows you to see yourself not moving forward. That's physically. As long as you can see physically, you will not move. You have to see yourself spiritually, what God says. So don't accept anything other than what God said of your life. I believe so many people are going through so much warfare in this area. They feel defeated. They feel like they're a slave to sin. They feel like they're operating in disobedience and failure and outside the God of truth, outside the God of truth. And they accept it. That's physical. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. You can't accept anything that God has not written. That's when the enemy starts to give you a hard time. He burdens you, he discourages you. If you're defeated, a lack of self-control, etc. Satan, if he can take your eyes, 
and make you look at the, the physical manifestation of the problem, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, whether it's mental, you will see yourself bound by it, oppressed by it, burdened by it. You can't see yourself in this way. So the moment you speak God's truth that contradicts what you're believing is the moment you wake up the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because believe me, the moment you accept the lie, the illusion, is the moment you feel defeated, is the moment your emotions feel defeated, is the moment your mind feels defeated. So Satan's greatest illusion, he lets you see what you can see with your eyes. You see poverty, you see hopelessness, you see defeat, and you think, man, this is my destiny. No, it's not your destiny. All his promises are yes and amen unto the glory of Christ. All of them. There's over 7,000 promises of God in the old to the new. So how, how can someone walk by sight? It's when he's left the presence. It's when he's left the word of God. It's when he's left the worship. It's, it's when he's left the fellowship in the saints. This is how you get to this place. So change today. Begin to discipline yourself. And I hope to see you all soon. But I thought that just to share a little bit what I shared in the last 10 minutes. About the illusion of the enemy. What you feel is an illusion. What God says is the truth. Hallelujah. So let's pray. <clears throat> we thank you, Father. Father, in Jesus' name, we enter your throne of grace boldly by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the structure, your foundation. I pray for your word, Lord, that is a lamp to our feet. I pray that it can shine so bright in our hearts, exposing every form of darkness, that we may mature and progress in your truth. I pray for every person here, Lord, that hope never puts them to shame because the love of God has been poured into their hearts by the Holy Spirit. I pray that from today, they can be encouraged to fight the good fight of faith and to focus on the most important area, your word for their hearts. And I, I speak it over their lives that they may grow and flourish as your word transforms their life. Father, in Jesus' name, I'd like to thank you for who you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you have done. I pray that each one of us can humbly seek you and serve you with all our hearts. I thank you, Lord. Today I pray we believe, but help our unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.
I really believe from today have such a direction how to read the Word of God. The two most important things in your life is your prayer life and how you read the Word. It's true, yeah? It's so true. The two partners of faith is the Word and prayer. And when you get them right, guess what happens? You flourish so quickly in the Lord. If you can get these two right, I'm telling you the truth. You will flourish so quickly in the Lord. Bless you all.